Hi, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. For months, we take time to prepare and educate ourselves on this new adventure of motherhood. But as we all know, once the baby is born, we're still left with so many questions and need all the help we can get. Women really should have a sense of empowerment as they begin to experience these life-changing moments. And no one mother has it all figured out. However, the more informed we are, the better decisions we can make that will positively affect us and our family. And that's what this podcast is about. Sharing honest, raw, and real conversations about motherhood, life, and all of the crazy, messy, beautiful in-betweens. To hopefully educate, empower, and support the next mother on her motherhood journey. So sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with a very special guest, Miss Raven Cruz. Raven Cruz is a personal trainer. She's a wellness influencer and she currently trains on the number one woman live platform of over 35,000 women. Her mission is to teach as many people, specifically women and children, how to discover that they're their strength, their mental power, and maximizing their life. She wants people to live their life to its fullest and not fear anything. Raven, this is actually an honor because this is your second time coming on my show. I think you and my sister are the only one who now this is the second one. I had my sister on twice and now you. (laughs) Yay. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of it all, I'll do my icebreaker round. Do you have a favorite book or one that you're currently reading? And if you haven't read, maybe a favorite TV show because some people are like, I don't I don't have time to read. Actually, a book right now that I am rereading that I've read once before that I love is Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. You actually recommended this book to me. And I read it once. I just felt like now I'm able to like really slow down and read it and be more intentional. So that is what my current read and actually uh, a favorite read right now. Awesome. It has a lot of life lessons and a lot of wisdom. Oh, yes. What is your superpower? So, okay, well, I would say that now as an adult who I need discovering myself, my current superpower would be just connecting with people and creating connections with people beyond a a surface level. Like I, especially now with the platform that I have and training the women that I do, the amount of women that I, I feel like I'm able to speak life into that is, I feel like that's currently my, my, that's my power right now. (laughs) I love it. And if there's a superpower you wish you had, what do you think that would be? To be invisible. I just need a break. I just need a break. (laughs) I love that, especially coming from a true mom or whoever. It's like, don't talk to me. Don't see me. If someone comes, is Raven in there? Nope. Invisible. I love it. Vanishes. Vanish. I love it. If you could travel back in time, what period or year would you go to? Now, this could be a period in time or it could be a year in your life. If I could visit a time frame or a year in life in general, it would probably be to visit my mom in her childhood years, like to just see her in that time period, see how she became who she is. Some of the moments in her life that kind of made her the person she is today. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's deep for sure. Because I think sometimes we forget that our parents are human. What are the values that guide you and your family? We're very big on just being upfront and just getting it out the way, being honest with each other. And ooh, communication, that is something that is a we are learning to value more because it's something that we're actively working on and just not between uh, my fiance and I, but just how we communicate with our kids and how we're teaching them to communicate with people and just you know, just in everyday life and school and interactions. And I feel like kind of circling back to the superpower thing, like that is something that I'm kind of getting reins on is communication with people. And so that's 
that's something that's really strong in our house, I feel like. Awesome. And last one, what has motherhood taught you? Oh, girl, that the work is never over. It's never over. And we're always learning. Like every day is just another wow moment. I feel like some part of the day you'll find it in there. So yeah, always, always learning. Awesome. Okay. So now before we go into your birth story, so quick disclaimer, like I mentioned in the beginning, Raven, this is actually Raven's second time on my show. First time you were pregnant, correct? Yeah. You were yes. Pregnant. You were pregnant. Yes. Were you anticipating? There we go. You're anticipating yes. Jackson, lovely, little, adorable Jackson to come into the world. And then we talked about your business. So why don't we go into because Rockfit has grown tremendously. So we'll spend some time there and then we'll go into your birth story. And really, you know, why you wanted to come in and kind of share. So for those that don't know and maybe didn't listen, how did you get into the health, wellness and fitness space and maybe talk high level of how then you created from going into the space to creating RockFit? Got it. Okay. So I mentioned before in the last podcast, and I, I'm very big on this story now. It's a, very, it's a part of me. So I got into the health and fitness space through trying to find my way out of depression. I went through a really dark phase in my life. But prior to that, I always had an athletic background. From a child, always played sports, always did sports in high school and excelled at them. That's always been a passion of mine. So yeah, went through trying to enter adulthoods, trying to figure myself out, went through a little bit of a depression and actually gained a lot of weight, became very unhealthy. And through doctor visits and just small, like, you know, signs through my body, I was identified with um, a thyroid issue and I was just so young. And it was just so many things that I was just like, this, this, I'm doing this to myself. So from there, I tried to figure out how I was going to get a hold of my health. And I started to work out again, uh, slowly over time, gained a lot more knowledge and grew a deeper passion for it on a different level, not in the athletic realm where I'm like looking at it as, as a sport, but more just for like personal wellness. And I found my passion. I found some peace of mind there and I started to dig dive deeper and figure out how I can take the knowledge that I've learned and share it with other people. After a short amount of time, I decided I was going to become a personal trainer. For years, I did that. And for years, I didn't take myself serious as a personal trainer. I kind of did it as a hobby. I dibbled and dabbled in all kinds of stuff. I'm a Gemini, so I'm all over the place when it comes to hobbies and crafts and ideas that I like to explore. And just over time, I started to slowly take myself more serious fitness i've developed a few different brands and it's matured to what it is today which is rock fit fitness by fit by ray cruz which i have really taken off since the pandemic which was i you know a little ironic that it happened during the pandemic when i actually just had my son so that is how i kind of got into the fitness world and i've been there 10 years now 10 years this year makes me as a personal trainer and I've expanded into, like I mentioned, a, a wellness influencer, which is pretty much overall wellness of lifestyle, health, mental, physical, you know, job related, family related, day to day relation, not just the exercise part of wellness. Awesome. And and there's so much we can dive there. And I've taken some of your programs and it is amazing. I'll do two questions. The first question is, why is it so important that your mission, because I thought it was interesting that you added children, why is it so important that specifically women and children, for them to discover their strength, their mental power, and their and to maximize their life? Talk a little bit about that. 
So I feel like my relationship with women now, I deal with a lot of women in later stages of their life. And the first thing majority of them tell me is I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I would have taken care of myself earlier. I wish I would have prioritized my health sooner, or I wish I would have taken my health more serious because forever we think we're going to look and feel a certain way. And we don't realize life hits us. Having children hits us, stress, work. And over and over, I see the same story with women where where you know, going through medical conditions or, or facing, you know, deeper, deeper things that are triggering, you know, medical attention or exercise and fitness. And um, that's what hearing this over time has kind of made me say to myself like this, I want to be able to help more women, you know, keep from saying this so later on in life and, and discover this a lot earlier. When it comes to children, I feel like now that I'm a mother, I see how much children mirror mirror us and like they see everything that we do. And I am a firm believer in like leading by example when it comes to my kids. I want my kids to see me active. I want my kids to see me busy. I want them to know that they're not too young to take care of themselves and that fitness can be fun and it could be a lifestyle. So when I say women and children trying to discover their power and maximize life, it's for women in all stages. You know, you're never too young. You're never too old. You're never too out of shape to get started. And for children, you're never too young. And they're so impressionable and they have so much potential at such a young age that to me, I just want to help them tap into that and explore their strengths and and really push their own envelopes because kids are, they can do absolutely anything. They can do anything you tell them or put that they put their mind to. I love that because your core group has transitioned and you said a lot of times, even before you became a mom, there were a lot of moms and it wasn't until you became a mom that you realized like, wow, it is tough to kind of manage your self-care and do all of that. What can you tell a busy mom? Like someone like myself, I've still, Jace, my son will be four years old and I am just, just now getting to four years in the importance of coming back to what I was before I had my son. I knew what to eat. Jaren and I will go, my husband and I will go on, on um, clean fast. Like I knew what I needed to do. I was fit. I was on point. And then my son came and it was like, all of that went away amongst other things going on in life. So what do you tell those moms who's kind of like, how can I have the time? What can I do now that you are a mom and you've seen, talk a little bit about some of those tips and how you even struggled in the beginning. Oh yeah, I did. And even as I, I still struggle to this day, even as a health professional where like I preach and teach the people day in and day out to prioritize health and do this and do that and make sure you're eating. It's still, I still, I'm still learning. What I can say the best advice I can for a mom, new mom, mom of three, anyone that's just trying to get their mojo back, trying to find themselves back. One, you matter, right? Like you, you, in order for us to give a thousand percent to our kids and our loved ones, we have to at least be at 80%. You know, we can, we can function on very low battery because we're just superhuman like that, but it's not ideal. And it's, and it's not to, to, to be at its best. So I say that you, Make it in your schedule like a non-negotiable. The way you, it's a non-negotiable that kids get nap time or quiet time, even if it's something as small as ten to fifteen minutes of stretching or outdoor grounding, walking outside barefoot. Just find whatever it is. Exercise may not be for everyone, right? Like a lot of people are like, that doesn't sound like something that I really want to do, or that just is too overwhelming. So. Start with something small, but whatever it is, put it into your schedule that it is a non-negotiable to prioritize you. And even if it's before the baby wakes up, 
you know, sometimes I tell people, they're like, well, I don't like to get up early. I barely get any sleep. I'm like, well, how bad do you want the 20 minutes of you time? I promise you getting up those 20 minutes earlier just to spend that time alone, it will make a significant difference in how you start your day or how you finish it. And I think it's so key because I think for for a long time, I actually would get anxiety if I was going to my hour long boot camps because I enjoyed those before. But I don't know if it's because I'm a mom and I just don't have not time. I don't know if it's because I'm an entrepreneur or truthfully, I also think it's the phones. And because everything is on demand, like, I don't know if I just am like running impatient with those kind of things. I was like, I can't do an hour workout. I was getting anxiety of doing them now. So I had to like look at myself. I'm like, well, why am I doing that? I can go hard for 15, 20, 20. 25 minute workout. And that has made me feel comfortable because I think I, it was like almost all or nothing, right? Well, if I'm not doing this hour workout, then why even go to the gym or why go to the class? And it's like, no, time out. So I think that's a good point. And to moms listening, like you said, maybe it's not working out, but maybe it's walking every day for like two miles. Maybe it's riding a bike, maybe it's swimming, find something to get yourself active. Absolutely. And it could be even something, like I said, very small. I have some moms that are like, you know what? I never realized that like, I I like to be outside and reading. I, to make this joke all the time, like I can read best when I'm in my car by myself. Like I will literally take my book, go sit in my driveway and read inside of my car with the windows down. That is the only place where like, I feel like the thoughts shut off and I can focus on a book. So in with that, I don't focus on like you know, gauging a time, like I I can't sit for 30 minutes to read. So instead I'll say, okay, I'm gonna read 10 pages and I'm gonna just get through these 10 pages and make it a smaller goal that, you know, we can fit in our schedule. That way it becomes a non-negotiable versus a not happening at all. Exactly. Because we've set the expectation or the bar too high for it, that then we get disappointed and we get anxiety, whatever the trigger is. That's like, oh wait, I can't do this right now. So before we go into your your birth story, a couple more questions. What are the services you provide? And I saw the growth during the pandemic for sure. Obviously, a lot of things went online based. So how can women connect with you? What what are the programs and stuff that you provide? Absolutely. So since the pandemic, well, one, Rockfit has officially expanded to an apparel and activewear brand. So not only do I offer personal training services and coaching services, but now you can shop the brand Rock Loungewear and Activewear, which has been we're celebrating the one year anniversary for the collection the next month. And then besides that, I offer virtual training services. So it's um, in essence of like a one-on-one session. You can do it via Zoom, FaceTime. Then you also have the option of getting custom training programs created for you. So we pretty much get on a call, discuss your goals, discuss where you are in your journey. And we create a strategy and a plan that's going to be reachable for you and, 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 you know, something that's realistic. I did mention that I train on the number one women's training platform, which is the coolest place on your phone. I promise if you are trying to figure out what it is in fitness that you want to get started on or something, um, what we offer there are live workouts. They're very short workouts, uh, 30 minute workouts. You can catch a live class at any time of the day, or you can watch as many reruns as you like. It's myself and five other coaches. It's called Queen Warriors. And we offer dance classes, power classes, strength training, bar classes, kickboxing, everything. It, it is it is incredible. So yeah, you could join me there as well. 
that is amazing. And I'm so super proud of you and your growth with that, because like I said, I've, I've seen it. I mean, I, I think I mentioned this. Yeah, we mentioned it on the first podcast. We know each other personally. You're engaged to my cousin. So we, we're family. But to see that growth has just been amazing. And I'm so super happy for oh, you. You deserve you. it all, girl. What's next for Rockfit? What do you see? I know you said you're a Gemini. What's the, the major expansion there? So right now I am manifesting the Rockfit brand itself to become a more versatile brand, a more inclusive brand, more sizes, more designs. I'm trying to create a, well, I'm going to build and continue to build a, a household gym brand, a, you know, premium activewear. The next goal would be to get a home for this product here in Orlando. So either a small warehouse or something like that as we continue to grow. And some employees, I'm trying to put some put some moms with me and, and, and build a little community over here. That's awesome. And I have no doubt that that will all come to fruition. I like how you change it. You said, I will be, not yes. I love it. Okay. So let's talk about Little Jackson. So like, like we said, you know, you came on, you talked about your birthing plans and you had planned to, you had a midwife. I believe you had planned to do a home birth or was it going to be birth center? Birth center. You had planned to do a birth center. You had your midwives, you had a doula. So to how it seemed, you had everything aligned with what you wanted for your, your birth story. So talk a little bit about the day of or leading up to, if you wanted to talk, were there any complications? Like how was your pregnancy? And then how your birth plan what transpired up until my due date i was very healthy no complications no medical issues nothing like that what we did experience is well to be honest i feel like i was doing everything right health-wise like i was eating all the right food i was dieting correctly i was taking smoothies doing you know doing all the remedies just to keep safe, to keep the baby healthy, to keep myself healthy. And um, yeah, everything seemed fine. No issues. We went all the way to 39 weeks is when my parent, my mom flew in. Everything was good. Everyone was actually left making fun of me for so long. They were just like, this was just way too peaceful for you. Like, you don't even seem pregnant. Like, I really enjoyed being pregnant. I loved Granted, I had morning sickness, nausea, food aversions. I couldn't drink coffee, like all my favorite things. But to me, I just was really trying to enjoy the experience for what it was the best that I could. And from there, what we did when my mom flew in, you know, we weren't really dilating. We weren't really progressing. And 39 weeks came. I had some friends that were pregnant around the same time. They were all two, three centimeters dilated. And I'm like, okay, like, you know all right, so I should be coming up soon. So I, I was just getting really anxious. You know, my mom was like, this is weird. You know, you're not feeling any contractions or anything yet. And I swear it was like clockwork. Boom, I started getting contractions. So we just thought from there at 40 weeks, like he was coming. We were like, oh, he's going to be on time. Everything is good. The contractions started. I had contractions, honestly, for about three or four days. They were hours apart at the time. So nothing major. My midwife at the time was like, you're good. Keep in touch with the doula. Everything's going to be fine. Like, you know, just kind of, you, you, it's a waiting game at this point. I started going walking every day. I, at one point, my mom and I, we, we walked eight miles in one day. Like, we were trying to walk this boy out. Um, here we are at almost 41 weeks now. And yeah, I decided to ask my midwife. I was begging my midwife to check me. And she was just like, you know, I, this is, we, I was getting impatient. 
she was trying to explain to me, you know, this process is a very non-invasive process. So you want to be able to have patience. You want to be able to just allow your body to do its thing. And I did have patience. I think just more or less, it was like having my mom and my grandma in the house. They're like prepping. They can't wash clothes three or four times. Like they were ready. And the contractions were still consistent. So at this point I was having these hour, you know, hour space apart contractions for about five to seven days now. Oh, wow. So you had up to yes. pain and you said you were already at 40 weeks. My contractions started right at 40 weeks. Wow. And by 41 weeks, I was still having them around the same yeah, hours apart. I would get one and then I wouldn't have another one for like an hour and a half, maybe 45 minutes. The least that it would go down to would be 20 minutes, but never anything less than that is stayed in that gap. And my midwife is just like, you got to ride it out, girl. And I was like, all right, you know what? We're good. So we started walking, exercising. I started doing yoga, all kinds of stuff. Then I went to my midwife. It was like, we were like 41 and three. And she advised me that here in the state of Florida, by law, after a certain amount of days, um, you are declining medical care if you do not go to a birth center or, or, you know, you do not get induced, which in my birth plan, a non-invasive birth plan was the goal. Minimal intervention, you know, natural birth is possible, no medication. That was the goal. No inducing and nothing against it. I just truly had faith that I could do it. And I trusted my body. I just, I felt like I worked really, really hard for this to build this up. So yeah, 41, three days, she was like, you know, just to give you a heads up, we're getting kind of close. So I don't want you to try any unnatural remedies or anything. I just want you to be aware that we may need to start preparing for a hospital. At that point, I had not gone to a hospital. I hadn't done any tours, any visits, anything like that, because I just knew I was going to have the baby at the birth center. And so I started to call around to some hospitals to get some advice. The first hospital that I called, which was like the number one hospital here in Orlando, um, I called them. They were like, well, how far along are you? As soon as I said 41, they panicked on the phone instantly and was like, <laughs> of course, yeah. you need to, yes, you need to get to a hospital right now. Who is your midwife? You need to report them. Like it was a full ordeal on the phone. And it literally, I shut down and I hung up the phone and I was like, okay, that is not what I expected. So then I was like, you know what? I called another hospital and they were totally different reaction. You know, I let them know I had a midwife. I was 41 in three days. Our goal was to be as natural as possible, let my body do its thing. I would like for them to come in to get checked. So they were like, oh, no problem at all. We have options here for you to labor naturally. Like, we'll see what we can do. We'll, we'll make you as comfortable as possible. At that point, I was like, you know what? All right, let's do it. We can still do the natural thing. We'll go to the hospital and just wait it out. And that's what we did. We went to the hospital. I got there. And I actually was th two and a half centimeters dilated, almost three, which was good news to me. So I was like, wow body is doing what it wants to do. So now I just really need to wait it out. So I decided to be there to feel comfortable to feel space. Uh, from there, what we did was they ended up deciding to break my water, which was a decision that I wasn't really ready to do yet. But I was like, you know what, if it's going to help the process, I'll let you I'll, I'll go with it. They decided to break my water. And again, it's super important, I feel like to be educated in these things because I didn't really anticipate these outcomes. I didn't really know what questions to ask, you know, once these things started happening. So they decided to break my water, which they, I went along with. And from there, I didn't know you have a certain amount of time after breaking your water to deliver the baby. That is not something I knew. 
So they didn't tell me that in that instance either. What they, you know, when they broke the water, they were just like, you should be good. We're going to let you do its thing. I'll let you do your thing. A few hours went by. Then they were like, okay, let's do Pitocin. You're kind of going slow, not as fast as we wanted. And at that point, I was just like, you know what? Okay, contractions were four or five minutes apart. At this point, I had been, I, it's called prodromal labor, I believe is what it's called. So like I went into like preterm labor a week before. So for hours, all night long, we were up doing the contractions, counting, doing the, you know, the timer. I was doing my hypnobirthing. So, and at this time you have no epidural. Right. No epidural. No epidural. Ladies, are you tired of feeling overworked and under-recognized for your impact at work? And are you curious about how to do the inner work to own your worth so you can feel confident making the bold asks, negotiating for more, and creating your ideal career? Ashi Perey, a previous guest, is a successful leadership and negotiation coach who is offering you the special opportunity to experience the power of private coaching with her. She will give you the tools necessary to grow your career in your own terms by being authentic in tough conversations, building bridges through negotiation, and trusting that no is not the end. Head over to www.ownyourworth.com to book an exclusive 30-minute private consultation. Was the hospital welcoming with your midwife? Once I checked into the hospital, my midwife kind of was like, okay, you're in their hands now, which wasn't what I expected either. And, and I know that every experience is different. I've had plenty of friends who, you know, who have had different responses out of their midwives. I kind of feel like, and this is my personal opinion, when I make jokes about it, I'm like, maybe I kind of got on my midwife's nerves a little bit because I was so anxious at the end. And I know I don't, I didn't, but like in, in hindsight, I'm just like, maybe she was like, okay, you're at the hospital. They're going to answer your questions at this point. Um, and I had my doula with me. Thankfully, they allowed my doula in there. So she was very comforting. They were very open at the hospital to my birth plan, what I wanted to do, um, the process. But like I said, I didn't ask the right questions. So I didn't know that after your water breaks, you have a certain amount of time to have the baby. So that's why they were pushing the Pitocin and they were trying to speed the process up. And I was just like, what are you guys doing? Like, we're hanging out. Like, we're, you know. And so, yeah, I got the Pitocin. It turn the contractions up to a whole nother level. At this point, we I believe we checked into the hospital on Monday. It was late Tuesday going into Wednesday. Contractions still minutes apart. I, and it's so funny because I asked my fiance like, you know, about the moments and he was just like, you weren't saying anything. You were as quiet as can be. He was like, and it was just like, is she okay? Like, I was just so in zone, so in just like ready for baby, ready for birth. I took a hypnobirthing class, which I felt was incredible. It completely, I feel like honestly gave me the patience throughout that entire process, through the Pitocin, through all of that. So yeah, fast forward to now we've been on the Pitocin for about 24 hours and still no baby. And like I said, you learn something new every day. My last check with a doctor, they had told me I was at almost seven centimeters. So we were making some progress. And then about an hour later, they were like, look, you're now reaching this end of the, you know, this birthing period that you have after we break your water due to infection. And now we're starting to see meconium. So at this point, you know, we need to get something going. So you're at seven centimeters. Let's see if we give you an epidural, if this will relax you enough to get you those last two centimeters to start pushing. 
And in my head, I've already been in the hospital three days now. I'm like, you know what? Okay, let's do it. I've already been in here 72 hours unmedicated. Like, let's let's just give this last push a go. If this is my last chance um, to give this a, a you know a try naturally, so we did it. Oh wow, <laughs> that epidural is a game changer. And um, instantly I was awake, I was fine. And I was actually able to sleep for the first time. And so was Josh. That was his first time being able to sleep in days. My mom, my daughter, mind you, my mother, my grandmother, my daughter, and my fiance were all in the room with my doula. And fun fact, Jackson was due February 29th. He was actually born March 11th. And the pandemic started like March 14th. So that was a whole experience in itself. But besides that, I, I was blessed and lucky enough to have, like I said, my grandmother, my mom, my fiance, and my daughter all in the room during the entire labor process up until our last moments um, before we had a emergency C-section. And what was the cause? Because I, then I have a bunch of questions and things. What was the what, what was the emergency C section? Was it mainly because yeah the the time period from when they broke your water to having him? They didn't see, and they were afraid that if they let you continue to go the natural way of like letting your body do it, right? They were saying the risk of infection. They had already seen meconium as well, so they, you know. With that, they were like, it could be, it could just be in the fluids. It doesn't necessarily that it that he's had it yet, but because they seen it, it was just a concern, so which made absolute sense. And then from there, another factor was my blood pressure and my heart rate dropped significantly. And personally, I just feel like that kind of happens, right? When you get something that's going to naturally relax you that much, that's going to take you from 20 down to negative two and keep you that mellow. So yeah, I got super relaxed. If I was able to fall asleep, I definitely feel like my heart rate and everything else dropped because I wasn't as anxious. So as soon as the heart rate dropped, it was actually, honestly, everything that I imagined it would not be what it was. And sometimes I, I even to this day, I take it as like, I feel like as I'm learning and growing through the experience and healing through the experience, honestly, because it was super traumatic for me that sometimes God shows you what you can survive and what you will be okay, you know, versus not necessarily like what you do and don't want. It, it's going to be okay either way. And yeah, that was definitely a lesson that I learned to trust and to put, you know, to let go. And it wasn't about me and my birth plan anymore. It was about my, the safety of my son and the safety of myself and getting getting us to where we needed to be together safely. So they came into the room after an hour of the epidural, very fast, very rushed, like out of a movie scene, to be quite honest, and suited Joshua up. They, within seconds, had me inside of the C-section room and they began the process. Yeah, that was, that was, <laughs> that was an interesting, and I've never had a surgery before. So that was, that was a lot. <laughs> okay. So you said traumatic and tell me about that because you have this idea of what your plan is going to be. And then, you know, that wasn't how it was. And then, like you said, after you had Jackson, then the pandemic starts. So I guess my question is, cause I know it's a lot to impact and you and I have spoken about this, you know, that you were like, I don't even know if I'm ready to discuss it. I had to kind of go through it. Talk about some of the feelings in the beginning of what you felt 
at the beginning, you know, disappointment, all of those things. And then how now he's two, right? Goodness, he, he'll be three mm-hmm. next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, now, where is your mind frame at? Like, yeah, like you said, you know, you've looked at it, you're like, okay, I have to look at it. It was like, it was really just what was meant to be. God had to show me for sure. But the feeling aspect, what can you really touch base on and say, this was Raven then, and this is all that I was feeling. And then this is Raven now with it. For months, I couldn't really talk about my birth. I felt so disappointed in myself. One, I felt betrayed by my body because, to like, I I'm I'm one of those people. I know myself inside and out, and I just I feel like I'm so intentional with the things that I do that I just it was almost impossible for me to, in my head, fail. And it wasn't a failure, but in my head at the time, I was identifying like it as like how how did I let myself down? How how could I have prevented this? What didn't I do? What natural step did I forget in this process? And I be- I beat myself up about it for a long time, just about overall, like, yeah, how giving in, did I give in too easy? Did I go against what I believed? Like just so many questions. And when I take the emotion out of it and really just look at it for what it is, and it was a safety thing for my son and I, then I'm able to say, okay, all right, now it's time to get, you know, kind of let go of that. I feel like, like I said, I was pregnant with a few friends around that time. Shortly after I had Jackson, I had like four other friends, like a new wave of friends get pregnant. And all of them were due weeks within each other. And all of them, I didn't really speak to about my birth until honestly, while they were pregnant, I didn't tell them my, my story at all because I just wanted them to enjoy their pregnancy and kind of do their own thing. So I told them once their birth was done, I would share with them my, my experience. However, I did encourage them to look in a midwife, a midwifery, a doula, and all four of my friends who never, ever, ever, ever in a million years would have imagined themselves doing this all had successful at home births for their first births. And to me, I feel like, like they did it for me. Like I was so like adamant about, I was like, I know you think you can't do it, but you just got it. I promise you, you can do it. Like you got to do it for us. Like you have to do it for us. And I was able through my four friends to kind of heal the, the disappointment I had, like, because I was able to encourage other people to do it and to believe in themselves. And I was like, you know what, even if I couldn't do it, the, I f- still feel like the decisions that I made, the, the, the research that I did had so much purpose for it to it. And I wanted to share that. And that's what I did. And I was able to get my friends to have successful home births. I don't know if they would ever do it again. That's up to them, but they did it. And um, that was a part of my healing and being able to speak on it now the way I am speaking on it now. It's been a long journey. I feel like once I finally let go of the guilt and I look at my son now and realize it doesn't matter how he was born. He's here and he's healthy and he's, and and I'm doing my best that that's all that, that matters, whether it's two weeks from now or a year from now, but I did need to give myself at least, I, I was probably like, I don't know, seven, eight months before I was able really to like sit down with myself and talk about it. 
thank you for sharing that and for being vulnerable with that and also recognizing that I think it's okay to be in that disappointment. You know, I think sometimes when we hear words like disappointment or being upset with ourselves or whatever it is, or even being angry, that like it's a bad thing, but that's human nature. You know, there was something that you had this expectation for and it did not go that way. Obviously you did try your best. It just, that was just not meant to be at this time. So I, I, I think that's that's good that you're saying that you allowed yourself to kind of grieve, right? To kind of grieve what you had planned and that didn't come to fruition for you. Like I know you and I spoke on it a little bit. I didn't even know some of this. I didn't even realize that it was like had it was like a week's time and then and I've heard of women who've have had that, you know, like they'll have like the early, early stages. So, you know, I didn't even know all that. So it's like, geez, Louise, tell me, look how crazy, because you fitness is your thing. I know friends of mine who have had C-sections and they're like, Jesus, whoa, geez, Louise, it is so painful. Like you said, you've never had a surgery before. And you basically, you know, one of my girlfriends described it. She was like, I basically had to learn like to like not walk again, but, you know, like really like the strength, the core strength. So, you know, being someone in fitness, that's got to be empowering, though, to those because you know what it takes to have gone through the C-section and be like, look, this is this. It, it is nothing that I could describe. And I feel like even for so long, like looking down at the scar and like in my brain, I'm so my brain understands things in layers. So it's not it's not just the scar that I'm looking at. But when I look at the scar, I'm like, wow, like I literally this was cut. This was this was my abs. Like these were this is where I was connected here. And it is so crazy to me to think that I healed through that or that I was able to kind of you know, reconstruct this part of the body through nutrition, through fitness, through pacing the body and just really relearning it. Because man, when I tell you the recovery process for a C-section and no one explains that you still have to take care of a baby. (laughs) Like you still have to take care of a baby when all of this is going on, which is even more mind-blowing i was still trying to breastfeed i was still trying to change diapers so yeah it was it was it was a process and i feel like i what i did do the right thing was is i gave myself as much time as i needed i didn't start working out until the doctor cleared me at six weeks and i didn't start working out to almost 10 weeks 11 weeks like i just really wasn't ready yet and i felt like i didn't want to pressure myself which was odd to me because I'm such a pusher and I'm such a mental strength and like push beyond your boundaries person that originally in my head, I was like, Oh, I'm a bounce back. I'm gonna be one of those people at six weeks, squat and weight, deadlifting. And I didn't even think about doing a jumping jack until 10 weeks postpartum because I was just like, oh no, sis, you are just not ready mentally or physically. I am I am waiting for the Ray Cruz core after baby challenge because I know you have your core stuff, but I'm like, oh man, I was like that. I think that would be an amazing program. Oh, that is a good idea. Yeah, because <laughs> I can I can probably see like my audience or you know, of being like, wait a minute, what the heck did you do? Because ladies, let me tell you, for those that are listening to this, and when I put in the show notes to get to Raven's page, if you go to her page, Raven is looks phenomenal. Obviously this is two years in, but the work you have done for yourself, I think your body is probably in better shape than even before you had the baby. So I think that's something so to be proud of, but it's it's something to say that you're like, no, it took me time. And I remember it taking you time. So that's why I was like, God, you should have a 
program of like after baby and these are what did you eat what did you do there's pelvic foot like so many things like even with me i i haven't really strengthened my core and i think i'm afraid to because i know there's certain exercises that i probably need to be more aware of because i had a baby whether it was four years ago or whatever my core isn't the same right so i think that's something so i'm putting that out there for you but i'm taking it i'm taking the seed i planted it <laughs> but i do want to ask because we've talked about this and you said you definitely would like to have a VBAC. You want another child, you know, although it was traumatic in that sense for you, definitely want to have another baby, be pregnant again, go through all of those things. And you want to have a VBAC. And for those that don't know, that's a vaginal birth after a cesarean, after a C-section. Is there anything you would have done differently looking back at that now in hindsight? Is there anything you said, I wish, whether it was, like you said, maybe being a little bit more knowledgeable, anything you would have changed if you do the whole process again, would you still have a midwife? I know you want to have VBAC, but does that mean you want to do it? And like, tell me about that. Absolutely. So definitely not planning to get pregnant anytime soon, but definitely going to have another baby. I, I love the thought of growing a family. As far as it goes with what I would have done differently, I probably would have prepared myself more for a plan B option. Like I'm such a plan A, there is no plan B person in my head for everything that, like I said, I felt like this was a lesson for me to prepare a plan B and just be more knowledgeable and expect, you know, the unexpected to happen because we can't control everything. And yeah, definitely do more research on, you know, the possibility. I feel like when I do have a baby again, I would definitely pursue the same route as far as it goes with a natural birth as natural as possible, a VBAC for sure. That is a goal of mine. Whenever the time comes, I would love to hire a midwife that specializes specifically in VBACs and they are everywhere. You know, if God willing, a doula that also specializes in VBACs as well, that can just make sure I'm as supportive as possible. This next time around, whenever that time comes, I will just be more prepared for all options and just be open to more options. When you are less resistant to things, I feel like, not that you don't need to stand your ground and be firm, but when you are less resistant to things that you can't control, you have an easier time of adapting and um, just overall changing your perspective on it. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's just an alternative thing. And um, yeah, my goal is to just go for the VBAC, not give up. I follow a couple VBAC pages on Instagram and I still follow all my birth pages. And man, when I tell you every time I see someone have a successful VBAC, I'm just like cheering them on, jumping up and down. It makes me so happy and it gives me so, so much hope because it, it is possible. And yeah, I, I, I know that whatever happens the next time around, everything's going to be the way it's supposed to be, the way it's meant to be for sure. I 100% agree. I mean, my my midwife specializes. They very, very big supporters of VBAC. My doula is a very, very big supporter of a VBAC. And I think these kind of conversations are needed because although it didn't happen with your midwife and you had to go to the hospital, you know, you could, could have turned you away, but, you know, you're determined to still have that because you believe so strongly because you've done the research for yourself of what's best for you and what you feel will give you more of the experience that you do want. So thank you so much for sharing that. So before we wind down here, I like to always get into like my habits question. So you are busy. You're a mama, you're a fiance, stepmama, you, and who's like, how old is Julian now? 13? No. She's going to be 13 this year. 
goodness. Um, yes, I know. So yeah, so you, you have a lot going on. You're an entrepreneur. How do you make time for your own self-care? And what are your non-negotiables for yourself that you must do? And what do you do to relax and unwind for the day? So how I, a tip for myself, I do have a lot on our on my plate. We do a lot. We're always on the go. And now that the band is expanding and stuff, it, the brand is expanding. I feel like time blocking, learning how to time block and just kind of prioritize and really just be on top of my schedule has been a game changer for me. Um, for so long, I've always been a go with the wind, go with the flow person. And that doesn't work when you become a mom and you're trying to scale a business, you know, so it's like, yeah, time blocking, becoming a master of my time, a master of my minutes has been something that I, I, people are, if you go on my post, I post like a day in the life and I, do like 40,000 things in like less than, you know, a few hours. And people are always like, where do you find the energy and the time? And I just feel like prioritizing important things at the beginning of the day, getting them knocked out, and then kind of just, you know, just making a schedule that works for you. How I fit my self-care in, I am a worker to the bone. Both my partner and I, we love to work. It, it brings me peace working. So I don't find that I often need a lot of self-care time throughout the week, but I do prioritize one to two days a month. That works for, that 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 seems more attainable for me. Like if I'm like, if I, four self-care days is like, whoa, that's a lot of time off from work for me. And, and on top of everything else. So I feel like, you know, setting aside one to two days, one, that's a girl's day where I go do something with my girls, brunch, spa day, picnic. And then one where I literally just go do things completely solo, go shopping, you know, go to lunch by myself. I don't know, go to a museum, you know, things like that. Awesome. So how do you relax and unwind for the day? Yes, that one. Okay. So how I, how do I relax and unwind for the day? Well, Jackson has a very tight ship schedule. So Come 8.30 at night, I'm typically a TV off kind of person. Um, I talk to people all day for work. So I like to unwind in silence or in like some, you know, nonverbal music, just the, the sound of music. Um, and I love to unwind with my partner with some dessert. Like that's a nightcap for me is, you know, us hanging out, relaxing, me eating a cookie or my little evening vice, enjoying a glass of wine. And um, closing out my day, I like to reflect before bed as well. I like to sit down with him and kind of just say, like, all the things we did do, all the things we didn't get, you know, time to do, but we're going to do tomorrow and just kind of re regroup. I love it. And do you outsource anything? So I'm a big, 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 big advocate of outsourcing. I think outsourcing is key for me. I guess when I'm an advocate is like, I have no shame in my game. We have a cleaning lady, someone blow dried my hair. Like I just don't have the, and I don't enjoy doing it. I have to be real, right? Those are not the things that bring me joy. So do you outsource anything? And then if you do, what do you outsource? And what systems do you have in place? So I know you said time blocking, but is there anything else that kind of keeps you, you know, apps, technology, anything that you can share? Absolutely. So as far as it goes with outsourcing, I have zero shame in my game. I am a find someone else to do it if you don't have time to do it person all day. So we do have a cleaning lady. I also have a, I don't know if this is considered outsourcing, but we also have a nanny for Jackson um, because we're just not yet comfortable. Well, now we're starting to become more comfortable with the idea of school and daycare. He talks so much now. So yeah, I have a nanny. We have a cleaning, um, you know, 
service that comes to the house. Besides that, what else do I outsource? Now in my business, I have gotten to a point where I'm able to outsource. So now I have an assistant and a graphic designer on board, which has been a game changer. And yeah, I'm all about outsourcing. Like there is, if it is not my forte, it is someone else's. And I would be glad to pay you for your time. That's how I feel. So I definitely um, is down with the outsourcing. And then what about the systems, systems, technology, mom hacks, anything that you have? So systems I'm big on, like I said, the time blocking and I do nightly brain dumps. This I feel like is going to be more for my entrepreneurs, small business owners, or people that just organize bigger projects or like to, or, you know, create bigger things for them to do. Yeah. I'm an evening brain dump. So in that time of me kind of regrouping after I'm done closing out the day with my partner and my fiance, I always, before I turn my phone off for the night is I go on my notes and I create a new note and I just start writing things down. It could be new ideas. It could be like elaborations on ideas, more details. And then I revisit the note from the night before and I check off the things that I did do. I'm a very big, I'm old school when it comes to writing things down. I have 10 dry erase boards around the house. Like I like to repeat things over and over again because to me, it just keeps me accountable. So yeah, and another system that I feel like I created is, well, two systems is in addition to the time blocking is creating set schedules for yourself. I also go to school part-time, which a lot of people don't know, and I don't go to school, but I do it virtually. So in order for me to be on top of that, I have to, like I set every Tuesday from 12 to three is a non-negotiable. I have schoolwork. Jackson is sleeping. He's with his nanny. Like that is, for example, one of something that I implemented into my schedule that becomes a non-negotiable. Same thing with meal prepping, as well as um, creating content for my business. That is something that's also in my schedule that's a non-negotiable that I don't like to do, but (laughs) I get it done. So yeah, those are just some systems for small business owners that I feel like would be useful. And as far as it goes for moms, make your life as easy as possible. Set your pantry up. I've We've set the house up now for Jackson to be independent so he can get his own snacks. You know, he's able to do a little things on his own. I feel like the thing that helped me most as a mom was teaching my son to do things. And I feel like that's something a lot of moms don't explore because in their heads, it's an infant, it's a child. But, you know, obviously they're not going to do it right the first time, but if it's going to save you a little bit of time and it's going to build a skill within them. I'm all about putting the kids to to some help and hand work. <laughs> so. No, I love that. It's so true because we've done that. We we tell JC like you have your responsibility, so he knows his responsibilities. He has to put his clothes in the hamper. He helps me fold laundry occasionally. I think the re- one of the reasons also because it's just instinctual. We're just like we got shit to do, so it's like boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And actually, for me, I I actually enjoy folding laundry. I do. I I like to sit there what? on a certain on like a Thursday, you know, and I might pile up and I'm watching TV, and it's just like a thing. It's just something that I, I do enjoy. But yeah, like we'll we'll do that with Jace. I, I actually, there's a basket in his room now. He's at my parents, but there's a basket in his room now that I'm like, no, I got to show him. They'll put your clothes away. And I think that's a really good point because we're raising boys. Like I really want him to know like mommy does for sure, but you have to learn how to do too, because you have to be independent. You have to be self-sufficient. You have to be able to do all of those things. So I think it's super, super, super important to instill those values now. And yeah, I think the earlier it begins, then you're not fighting with them. Yeah. When they're 13, 14, 15, and they're like, I 
want to. It's like instinctual. He knows this is what my responsibilities are and I have to do. Absolutely. He knows one of my favorite things to tell him. And I'm like, no, mommy and daddy have a cleaning lady. When you get older, you will have to. And he's like, what? Huh? You know, like, you know, I'm like, no, we, we work hard. We have the cleaning mm-hmm. lady. You have to do your thing. Okay. So we'll wind down here. Two more questions. Number one, how can people connect with you? And then your final thought. So you guys can connect with me directly at www.fitbyraycruise.com. That is going to be my direct website. I'm also, you are also able to submit inquiry forms and messages there to chat with me and get more connected as well as Instagram at raycruise underscore fit. That is R-A-Y-C-R-U-Z. That will soon be changing in the, in the next year to come. We still got some time, but yeah, I don't know what I'm going to change my name to then, but as of right now, at Ray Cruz Fit is my Instagram. And yeah, as far as it goes with, well, first of all, I want to thank you so much for having me for a round two on here. We have been trying to get this in the works for forever. I mean, at this point, my son is two years old. So like, it has been a long time coming. So just grateful for another opportunity to be able to, you know, connect with you and connect with your audience. And, you know, the, the Mama Knows Best community is one bomb community. Like it is, there's nothing like, a, a, you know, a squad of, of bad, bad moms behind each other, pushing each other, you know? So I'm so grateful to be on here. And then any other final thoughts, any last minute quotes you want to leave with? Any wisdom? For my moms, for my moms of older children, younger children, moms to be, you are always a mom. You are always a mom. You're always a spouse. You're always a daughter. You're always a sister, a friend. But first, you are you. And hold on to that. And don't forget that. And even as the days go, when you feel like you're, you know, drowning out, and it feels like one day leads into another, and you just can't find a break or you just can't catch a moment to yourself you will always be you first and remember in order for you to pour into other cups you have to pour into yourself so yeah just focus on you some days not all times you won't have all the time but when you do have those moments really really pour into yourself because you are all this is your only chance to be the best that you can be 100 thank you so much raven and continued blessings to you for love and light for all the success you know always on and yeah have a good one thank you for joining me this week on the mama's no best we got something to say podcast this podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor ngc consulting where you can find them at nicolegconsulting.com for more motherhood resources check out the motherhoodvillage.com make sure to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss an episode and if you found value in this episode We'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or recommendation to a friend works too. And join us next time for another amazing conversation. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.